Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Motherkind podcast with me your host Zoe Blasky where each week I chat about all things motherhood and well-being. My mission with this podcast is to help you reconnect to you, to feel happier, more joyful, calmer and that little bit kinder to yourself because I think life as a mum in this hectic modern world is hard enough as it is. I believe becoming the happiest, most alive version of ourselves is the most important and inspiring thing we can do for our children. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode. This week's guest says that we can start to feel better more alive and vital in just one minute. Richie Norton is an ex-professional rugby player turned yoga and breathwork practitioner. So an injury sadly ended his sports career, but then he discovered the transformative power of yoga and breathwork and has spent the last 10 years working alongside sports teams, entrepreneurs and celebrities to help them maximise every aspect of their physical and mental health. You might be thinking that Richie's current life setup feels far away from ours. He's not a parent. His time, to some extent, is still his own. But the reason I was so keen to chat to Richie is because he has this incredible way of making really powerful well-being interventions super accessible. So in the episode, we start with what you can do if you've just got one minute. And I often say, if you don't have a minute, then you don't have a life. We all have a minute, don't we, to stop and pause and do something differently. We also talk about five-minute practices and things that you could do if you had 10 minutes. I think that Richie really gets what it's like to be time poor and yet wanting to feel different and better. And I love his energy. I hope you do too. I actually finished the recording feeling really inspired by Richie and it just reconnected me with the incredible power that we all have, however much time we have, to feel differently, to do something different and therefore help ourselves feel better. So I hope that you love Richie and his energy as much as I did. And I hope that after listening to this episode, you feel inspired to take even a minute for yourself today. Here it is. Well, Richie, welcome to the podcast. It's a joy to connect and I'm really excited to get into your world and hear about what you've got to share with my lovely audience. So welcome. Thank you for having me. It's great to connect, as you say. (laughs) How are you doing? Your book's just come out. I imagine you're in that kind of whirlwind. How are you as you sit here today? How's your body, mind, spirit? This is actually the most grounded I get when I get to have a one-on-one conversation with someone and I'm still, and I'm not moving around, I'm not juggling lots of different things in my head. So the launch of the book, Lift Your Vibe, is fully lifting my vibe. I couldn't have asked for a better launch, really. So I'm riding that wave of attention and publicity and all this really great feedback that I've been getting. And don't get me wrong, I was super nervous. If anyone's ever done a book, they know... The writing is quite a hard challenge, but when it comes out, actually giving it the best possible launch you could dream of takes some energy and some effort. So just enjoying the journey right now, I'm honoured to have been able to get something out there and you know be having the positive impact that it's having already. How do you keep yourself grounded through the busyness? 
<laughs> well, all the answers are actually in the book, actually. <laughs> so I'm really having to practice what I preach and put it into work. But I think you need to have that self-awareness of what the signs are when things are stressing you out or when you're noticing you're a bit overwhelmed and you need to ground down that's when you need to take yourself out of the equation. It's not sustainable. You know, you can't keep pushing. We're not robots. We have to have this self-awareness. If we are noticing that we're a bit anxious, our heart rate is up, we're feeling like we've got an upset stomach, our gut is kind of giving us some signals. We feel this stress building inside of us. That's eventually going to express itself in some way. And it's going to be a lot harder to ground down and find that calm if you don't take those little moments when you catch yourself to just take a break. And that can be like the breathing exercises that I do where I'm more mindful of my breath. Maybe I'll turn my phone off if I can or switch it off for a while, go for a walk, disconnect for a minute, slow down my breathing, close my eyes, get out in nature, go for a swim. Whatever I've access to is the lifeline that allows me to keep going at the momentum I am. Yeah, I did that this morning, actually. Because yesterday, I, well, I was feeling myself just getting really a lot of the symptoms you were describing then. And I was like, this is because I just haven't taken enough time for myself. So this morning I went down to the sea, we moved to Dorset. And I half thought, I'll take my phone and I can get some content for Instagram. I'll do a live or something. <laughs> yeah. And as the universe would want it, I left my phone at home. So I was able to just sit on the beach, not long, like 20 minutes. And it was just medicine. Like I came back and I felt totally different. And it's so basic, isn't it? It's so obvious. It's like, obviously, but I think when you get stuck in like a tunnel of busyness, everything feels urgent and important. And I can't take a break because that needs to get done. That needs to get done. And it's breaking that circuit, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess make this relatable for everybody that would be listening to this. We all get stress, but it's on kind of like different levels of stress. And like that stress tunnel that you just talked about, and let's say we're time poor, we might say we've we've got kids to take care of, we've got businesses to run, we've got all this ambition and drive, and we have all these things that we have to do. At the end of the day, it's not sustainable, but you can't just go on holiday. You can't just go on your jollies down to the beach and sit in the sun for an hour whenever you want, right? So we have to find those little pockets of time when we do have a minute or five minutes or 10 minutes to do what we can to calm those stress levels down so we can stay happy and positive and functional and be the best version of ourselves. But I think the biggest thing for people to take away is it doesn't need to be a big chunk of your day. It doesn't need to be a yoga class. It doesn't need to be anything fancy. It can just be taking some slower, deeper breaths. And if you get to go and do it outside or go and dip your toes in the ocean, great. But it can just be switching off and creating that little pause that gives you that, oh, the world's not ending. I do have a little mini break. I can control myself. The anxiety just eases a little bit. Things don't seem as hectic as they used to a minute ago, just because you've been more self-aware. And they are really the building blocks to being better and feeling happier and more positive and more creative and and obviously the knock-on effects that come with that Mm, yeah and this morning I was lucky enough to have 20 minutes but I love in the book how you talk about one minute and five minute practices and I think for the people listening to this podcast you know all busy mums those are probably the ones that I'd really love to hear about first Mm -hmm. what are your favorite one minute 
practices? So in the book, they've been delivered as super easy, approachable, available to everybody practices. And the biggest issue that I often come across working with clients is I don't have time or I don't know how to do it. I just simply just don't have enough time. So the fact that we're already breathing already anyway to live, why not just bring more attention to it? Because you're doing it already. Just try and maybe make it more efficient so it works for you rather than against you. So the first thing right now, and we can do this while you're listening to the rest of the podcast, is why not try and take a deeper, fuller breath in through your nose and let it out as slowly as you can. You might in that moment feel your shoulders soften. Maybe your jaw is less tense. Maybe you relax a little bit more. Your heart rate slows down. And then just keep working with that. That is a mindful practice. That is a de-stressing practice in the form of breath work. And that's just something we do all day anyway. Rather than breathing in in and out of your mouth, breathe through your nose all day. It calms your nervous system down. It allows you to feel more relaxed in stressful situations. So that could be a minute of a practice, and you might notice the shift in that minute. If you have five minutes, even deeper, even more effective. But as you know, if you've delved into the book, there's different breathwork practices for different things, whether you want to energize yourself or whether you want to chill yourself out, improve your sleep. So it's just a case of having them in your toolbox to use them when you need them, but just simply bringing attention to it is a form of mindful practice. Yeah, nasal breathing. I noticed in your references, you talked about the James Nestor book. I just thought that was incredible, like just breathing through our noses. So not even more mindfully or anything like that, just doing nasal breathing alone. The way that that can change our physiology and our psychology is insane. I read that book and I was like, why doesn't everyone? I mean, (laughs) lots of people read the book, right? It was a bestseller, but I was like, God, it was just mind-blowing to me. And I I saw it in your references and I was like, that's so, I just loved it. Yeah, that's a really important thing to make sure people are aware of. You know, we breathe all day anyway, but like in James Nestor's book, when I started to do breathwork practices about eight years ago, it was so new still in the main yeah, really scene. New. Right? I was really like, what new. do you mean? A breathwork practice, a whole session, a whole hour on breathwork, what? And I still now believe that was the most transformational moment of my career but also for my own health because I didn't realize how mouth breathing which is what I was doing even as an athlete was disrupting everything I had sleep apnea I was breathing out my mouth I dry throat I used to like have tight chest I used to gas out really early when I was training I used to just have a sore throat, all these things. And it was all because my mouth breathing was all over the place. And as soon as I started to focus on nasal breathing, which I hope everyone now does from this point onwards, listen to this podcast, it was instantly calming. It was instantly effective for my sleep. It was instantly effective for my mood. And I just felt more relaxed in every situation. That was my first thing. And that's my biggest thing now that I'll keep pushing. You just play with it a little bit more. But yeah, nasal breathing and just, ah, it's something we all need a bit more of, right? Six years ago, I had this incredible Kundalini teacher. And she would say to us nonstop, your mouth is for eating. Like she'd kind of shout at us, (laughs) not not breathing. (laughs) And it just always stuck with me. Like just that sentence. It's so simple, but it sticks with me now. And I said to my girls, like they're really little, but I'm like, 
our nose is for breathing and our mouth is for eating. Like it's simple and it makes sense. And there's amazing practices you can build around that. But I just never forget that she said that. And from that point on, and then James Nestor's book brought the science because she didn't give us any of the stuff that he did. Yeah. And we're still learning so much more. That's yeah well now it's like breathworks like a whole industry right and we've got yeah. breathwork superstars and yeah. your dad right like eight ten years ago that was just not a thing even five years ago and we're still facing a struggle to try and reverse a lot of poor breathing patterns and breathing dysfunction so you know if you were to give even more value on that topic you know, if you are a mouth breather, you notice that you do have upper chest breathing and you do get anxiety, you do feel a bit overwhelmed and your your shoulders are shrugged and hunched over from poor posture or whatever it is, you're restricting your main lifeline, your breath. So if you want to get a more satisfying inhalation, you've got to train those things. You know, it's something we should all be working on every day. It's the, the, the biggest contribution you can make today because you're already doing it and it will have you know a dramatic effect so even more so parents you know mothers educating your children as early as possible can have a huge impact on their health in later years massive and if there's one thing we should be doing more of it's educating our kids to be more mindful of these things and educate them at a younger age so they can start to get rid of the problems that have plagued a lot of our younger generation for many years because this wasn't available to us. So, yeah, really important element. And you talked about breath work as one of those big breakthrough tools for you eight mm-hmm. years ago, I guess, when you started on this journey. What else stands out as things that have really had a huge impact on your health and vitality and your joy so again referencing the book here the reason i put the four different elements into the book the breathing the movement the nutrition and the sleep is because between all of them over the last 10 years they've had the biggest effect on my health my well-being my mentality but also hundreds of people that i've worked with and that's because they all kind of complement each other and there's something that there are things that we all do anyway that we need to do to survive, but most of us do it mindlessly, not seeing how powerful they can be. So breath work we do already, but make it work for you. Let it be something that really allows you to be as healthy and full of life and all that vitality and, and good energy come out of you, but also support your sleep. If you're getting better sleep or you're using those windows of time, I know mother's can be affected by sleep that's probably something that most people are, i don't get any you know so why not give yourself the best possible chance when you do get it to get deeper better quality sleep in those windows of time that you do get breath work affects that and then movement i've been an athlete you know most of my career but i destroyed my body playing rugby and the way i rehabilitated myself so you do have aches and pains or you notice you're stiff you have pain from poor mobility or you've got an injury or you're carrying some weight, whatever the restriction might be, just knowing that you go and get outside every day and move a little bit is good for your circulation, but also starts to bring more vibrancy into your energy because your body, your nervous system, your everything is kind of like listening. It's responding to these little, little habits. So nutrition on top of that, the other element in the book, if you're starting to nourish your body with all of these whole foods and these nutrients as well as getting movement breath work and sleep prioritized your health can absolutely just transform 
just because you're paying more attention to these little adjustments to your daily routine. So it's definitely not one thing. There's a combination of things, but that's why the book is here to make it as easy as possible for people to start to apply it. And if you were working with a client who was a busy, stressed out, sleep deprived mum, which is pretty standard for (laughs) (laughs) a lot of us mums, where do you start when you're working with someone like that? Like what would a program look like? And I love these interventions because they're so kind of one minute, five minute, but where does someone start? Because I'm not sure we have a knowledge issue. There's so many podcasts, there's so many blogs, there's so many books. I think we have an application issue where most people know what they quote unquote should be doing. Most people Mm. can tell you that. Mm. But I'm so interested to hear because I know what you're the master of is helping people actually make the changes in their lives. Mm. How would you do that with someone time poor, stressed, tired? Yeah, so I know I will agree that it's, it's overwhelming with all the information you have out there. And we're, we're told about all these things from lots of different specialists and experts. But at the end of the day, one of the biggest things I find holds people back is because they feel they're time poor or they're trying to fix everything or they want to change all of these things. They just don't know where to start. So it just feels overwhelming and just yeah. a real mountain to climb up. So why not just think about what you can do today? You know, what is the one positive choice you can make today that is supporting your mission to be a healthier human being so you know without knowing everybody that would listen to this you know you're a human being that has a heart and lungs and a brain that needs to be taken care of you have a maybe a little baby if you are a mother and you want to be the best version of yourself to be the best parent you can be so one of the things you can do to support that is making sure you're taking care of your health So you can be around and be at your best and be able to do all the things that you want to do. So that's the first driver to stay motivated and driven and passionate to want to do more with the time that you have. So the intention is positive. That's a great way to make better decisions when you're kind of like, oh, I'm just so tired, I can't be bothered. You have a reason to make better choices. So that's a great reason for you to do it for yourself, not because someone's trying to tell you to do it because they have all the answers. You want to do it for the right reasons. And then you have this motivation to kind of like do your best with the time that you have, depending on what obstacles you face today. So once that's set, you're like, yeah, I want to be that mom and I want to be that person. And like, yeah, I do want to live my best life. and I want to take care of myself. That's great. That's the first catalyst, right? And then, right, well, what do I do? Okay. So we know we need to drink water. Are you drinking enough water to keep your heart, your brain, your cells, your organs hydrated so you're energized and you your skin is good and you're helping your digestive system and all of these things? Water is a huge thing that people feel they don't have time to do. You do. Have it there. Sip it all day. Maybe that's the one thing you do today that is a step in the right direction that you will benefit from. We all have to drink, so why not make that the one thing? Yes, win. Maybe that you box that off. Maybe doing that really well. The next thing that we all do anyway, we have to take care of our kids or we have to go to work. Can we do it in a more active way? Can we walk somewhere instead of get a taxi or a car? Or can we choose to take the kids out for the day and go and do some exercise or go and walk somewhere instead of stay indoors? You know, where are you getting that movement? Where are you getting that exercise? Where can you get it? And then going back to the book, if you can't leave the house and your kid's there and it's really demanding, I'm, I'm thinking mums now, right? These are why these little one minute and five minute rituals in the book are so powerful because 
So the kid just falls asleep for a minute and you get a minute to yourself. I know you've got all the other things to go and do when that time comes, but do you have a moment where you can close your eyes, take a breath and just calm those stress levels down? Give your nervous system a rest. Take that little mini break. Take that moment for you for a minute because you're giving all your love and energy to somebody else, which is amazing, but you've got to keep yourself topped up. (sighs) Okay, I'm coming back to me. I'm grounding down. I'm feeling a bit better. I'm less stressed. I'm less reactive. I know I'm going to be able to be better when my child wakes up. I'm more calm. I'm more organized. Otherwise, if you do have a bit more time, get your joggers on or get your clothes on, get your yoga kit on and have a little stretch. You know, open yourself up, get your blood flowing, get your heart rate up, get that little fix, get your little bit of training for you in. Five minutes could be an absolute game changer rather than going, I've got to do a yoga class or I've got to go to the gym and do that workout or I've got to do that mile walk. Maybe five minutes is just enough to have that moment for yourself and to support your mission to be a bit healthier and make better decisions. So they're the two things that we have time for that we know always feel good when we practice them. And at least we get that feeling of like, I made a bit of effort today rather than going, I'm not getting anything done. You are just make them a bit more achievable. So when you are super part time poor and you have so much going on, we have to eat to survive, to get through our day. What are you eating? Can you make some better decisions so you know you're working on that weight loss plan or you're trying to get stronger or energize your body a little bit better? Can you make some better decisions rather than reaching for the treats and the snacks when you're tired and you're rushed? Prepare a little bit more when you can so you've got Tupperware in the fridge that you can go to that you know is going to feel good and it's a little win for you and you know that's going to be healthier for your body, healthier for your baby. You know, you're inspiring the young generation by your actions. Be that person that you want them to be. So it's like, I feel there's a combination there of just being more self-aware and and knowing you're doing it for the right reasons and just doing it because you know it matters and you know it's the right thing to do. And then if you do fancy a glass of wine because you deserve it and you want to chill out, great, enjoy it, love it. But don't let it be your crutch. Don't let it be... The thing that you have to survive on, that you can't wait for, too much is going on. That's the wrong way around. Let it be something that you really enjoy, that is just part of you just living a balanced life because you're doing all of the great things that are supporting your health and your well-being. So a few things to think about there, but I want to simplify it, the simple actions that we can all just be a little bit more conscious of. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy is just an incredible, safe non-judgmental space. I absolutely love it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, which I think as busy mums is what we all need. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash motherkind today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash motherkind. That feels like we're making progress. 
And they yeah. are the foundations of just bigger decisions and bigger choices. Yeah. And you're dead right because it's cumulative, isn't it? Like the little wins. And whenever I'm the same, whenever I'm working with someone, I'm starting on the tiniest things, almost like laughably small, like mm. one minute meditation. All my clients start with one minute because then you do that for a week and you feel good and you've achieved it and you can mm. build mm. up from there. I think one of the biggest blockers, I wonder if you see this, you mentioned it, is people thinking, well, I've got to sit down and do 20 minutes meditation because that book said it, or I've got to do that class at the gym, but actually it's three hours out my day. I think what I love about the book and your teaching is it's just tacking it onto things that you're doing already. Exactly. And then building up from there. Exactly. And, and there's the reason the breathing plays such a big role in the book or in anything that I would teach is for that reason. Let's say you are making dinner or you go into the shop or something in that moment you can do a walking meditation where you're not looking at your phone you're not thinking about a million different things and you're you're using your breath to calm yourself and to be more grounded in that moment because it might just be a minute that you get that could be that minute of like I was getting a bit anxious there I was getting really wound up or I was getting really reactive and that was really bothering me whereas in those situations allow you to be a little bit less reactive and just have that sense of control back so things feel less hectic all of a sudden so you can make better decisions and that could be the difference between making a bad decision with eating some food because you're emotionally eating because you're stressed or whatever it is or you know, not doing something in a way where you're being that happy, kind, considerate person and you're reacting, your breathing and your behavior is going to be affecting everybody that you're around. But most importantly, it's going to be affecting you on a deeper level. And I think just having that awareness that that is your responsibility and you have the ability to do that, I find that quite empowering. You know, I think that's like, I have that ability. I can practice right now. Oh yeah, okay, that does feel a bit better. And let that be the building block, right? One breath can be like, oh, because most people have got no idea they're doing it all yeah. day, mindlessly. When you're in that kind of spiral downwards, as you were talking about the reactivity and the stress, it's just that circuit breaker, like just for mm. a minute. So powerful. And what about the power of routine? So I know that you like to anchor your day. I like to anchor my day with the same routine morning an evening tell us about that like when did you first discover that as something that has made you feel different and how does it help you those routines so routine for me didn't really exist initially and I was wondering why I was so stressed and I was wondering why I was just sort of all over the place and I wasn't really achieving as much as I could have achieved and I felt just very unorganized I was just winging it every day in various different ways even when I had a job that was a nine to five at one point it just felt like I was just Groundhog Day. I felt like I was a robot and a zombie walking through life. And it just wasn't really feeling great on various different levels. And what job did you do? What was your nine to five? So I tried recruitment in the IT. And I can see you doing that. You've I, got that like gift of the gab, like energy. I can see you well, doing that. Well. This is why I was recruited because it was actually a friend of mine who had just 
become the GM of this recruitment company, digital company. He knew I'd stopped playing rugby and I was kind of like floating around London. Didn't really quite know what I was doing. I was dabbling in property development and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, mate, I'm making a load of money. And like, you're going to be really good at this. You've got the perfect energy for it. I was like, all right, then I'll give it a go. It was like the last thing I was really thinking about. One, putting on a suit. Anyway, short story. It was very intense and very full on, but I did really well at it because I was just being me and people work with me because I was just nice and honest and that's how I did business. But it just felt like it was the same every day. And I felt like I was really restricted with what I wanted to be. And I was like fighting this resistance to do something different. That was more like heart nourishing. And, and I, I was really passionate about, I might, it was actually uh, going off track a little bit here, but it was someone that reached out to me that I'd worked with through the recruitment company that went, do you know what? You're capable of so much more. Who you are and what you're able to do can help so many more people. And I think you should follow that intuition to explore that. And it was like someone reaching out that didn't know me. I don't think we'd even met. We just dealt with on the phone. And she did really love doing business with you. But I just feel you've got so much more to offer. And I just thought, what a lovely thing to say. You didn't have to say that. I remember that in the form of an act of kindness. And actually, if you notice something in someone, remind them about it. What a lovely thing to do if you notice something within your friend circle or one of your mom's groups or whatever. And you're like, you see people are down or you feel like they've lost their way a little bit. Who isn't going to benefit from a form of kindness or generosity oh. or positivity, you know, rather than judgment or accusations or analyzing and telling people? It's like just be a positive energy in someone's life. What a lovely thing to do in your day. So it stuck with me. Just to bring that back to why I became a coach is because I realized that I had this ability to be a good human being and help people on their journey. What a lovely thing to do, right? And then I thought, well, there's loads of other people out there that aren't fulfilling what they're here to do because they feel it's not available to them or they're too old or they're they're a mum now and they just feel that's their job now, being a mum. Whereas the world's opened up. There's so many things we can go and do. We just, I feel we restrict our thinking because it feels like it should be hard or because it's a bit out of our comfort zone. But that is when we flourish if we're doing it for the right reasons, right? So uh, getting a bit of backstory to why I became a coach is because someone like me who was like seeing the good in someone else was like, give it a go. What have you got to lose? Nothing. At least you tried it and you know you can enjoy whatever it is, even if it's short-lived. That's been me for the last 10 years. <laughs> Amazing. You were talking about the power of routine and you said you were, you, know, you were floating around in this hamster wheel. You get this amazing injection of, I mean, I would call it kind of higher power, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get this amazing injection of higher power, which is this mystical guy that comes in and says, you need yeah. to do something else. Yeah. How did routine then anchor that? Because you said you were floating, yeah. you were always reacting. And I'm so just keen it, to it was, prize it that, that out. It was that little snap of reality or just breaking out of that robot mentality of like doing the same thing every single day. It just wasn't really feeling like living my life. So routine became more around what do I want to be doing with my time? What do I enjoy doing? What do I feel better for when I put it into practice? 
because yoga wasn't even on my radar then i tried it a couple of times but couldn't do it it was really hard work i really struggled my flexibility was shocking i couldn't breathe very well and it was all these things that i now realize were the, the absolute game changer for me it was more about waking up in the morning and going to the gym because i knew training always felt great i always had that high of like yes feeling good in my body feeling strong feeling you know alive and also waking up in the morning and not feeling like i'm doing something for somebody else straight away or getting stressed about my inbox and social media and all these other things it was like no 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 that's my time so the routine became my time it's really important that i get time to check in in the morning and the way i'll shift that to the routine of like getting out for a walk or going for a swim and cold showers and journaling in the morning and making my tea or my coffee and that little ritual that i have that i now like really really love reading my book so all the mums out there that wake up and have kids screaming just to keep it on topic here it doesn't have to be okay well this is my time sorry child stop screaming i need to meditate i need to write my journal i need to like sit and just have my moment it's unrealistic for a lot of people including me when i'm traveling and things like that so how do we make this more realistic for everybody so the first thing you do if you're someone who wakes up and goes on their phone while they're doing other things instantly apps open instant anxiety stress everything starts to get triggered you're signaling to your body and nervous system that it's like on stress fight or flight let's go let's go let's go whereas you haven't taken a moment to simply be with your child or be with yourself or connect with your partner tell them you love them take a moment to yourself maybe it's breathing while you're doing what you're doing maybe you need to read something while you're doing what you're doing but not on your phone not answering calls not answering emails like just that little shift in those first few minutes when you wake up ah oh, i'm the human i'm me i've had a bit of time for me i'm taking care of i've checked in i've kind of like loved all the people in my space and they know it ah oh, then go and be action woman you know it's just those little pockets that give you that moment to go right i'm here it's a new day today's going to be a good day I love you. I love you. I love you. Right. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I've had my moment, whatever it is. And it can switch up that ritual, that routine allows you to feel like you have some control back and you're doing it on your terms, you know? So just that was a huge shift for me to get that time in. doesn't always work every day. Some days I got to be on my phone. Just like a lot of people, they have things that go on and things that are out of their control. But when you do have the control and you do have that time, use it wisely yeah I think the phone it was massive for me I mean I read 86% of smartphone users do it right they just grab their phone almost still bleary-eyed like not Mm -hmm. awake and you're dead right like that just instantly hijacks our nervous system Mm -hmm. and our lives are stressful enough and I think there's another study that showed that the state that you start your day in typically is the state that your day unfolds in so if you're starting those first few minutes stressed from looking at emails or stuff you've not done typically Mm. it's really hard then I used to find it really hard to then have a day of ease and joy and expansion all the stuff I want and when I started Mm. having my phone downstairs it was just a game change Mm. nothing else changed the kids still woke me up at 5 a.m nothing else changed but I felt totally different it's just amazing I oh I always invite people to consider that 
because I think it's such a simple thing. Yeah, it's a mindless thing that we're all trained to do now. Unfortunately, we are addicted and we also, it's habitual that we're ingraining in in ourselves and our children, unfortunately. And there needs to be some balance where you can be more aware of those choices and your actions to be more connected to having the human moment to be with yourself and your kids and your routine before you mentally have all your thoughts and and your brain be put out there. Your brain is like a sponge in the morning. It's like the most receptive. It's ready to absorb the signals. It's ready to absorb information. It's ready to unlock. It's had a chance to rest. It's ready to like come alive for you. So what you nourish your brain with as soon as you wake up, is again why you end up having a day that is stressful if you feed stress into your being in the morning in the form of apps emails social media instagram blah 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 blah, blah. you've not had a chance to take a breath for yourself you've not had a chance to allow the mind to wake up and maybe have something positive come into your space read a positive book a positive podcast maybe a motivational YouTube video, or maybe it's just sitting with your kids and just connecting with them in various different ways or, you know, hugging your partner or whatever it is. Oh, they're nourishing. That's soothing. That's a positive emotion that you're embodying that will then present itself in the rest of your day because you've had it, you've connected with it, and then it becomes easier to flow it out of you and be that inspiration to other people. Whereas you're just like waking up and stress. You're just going to be another stressed energy that's just bouncing around the walls of your house and other people, and people pick up on that. You know? So I think it's a two-way thing, isn't it? Who do you want to be for yourself and who do you want to be for others? And we've got to have that self-awareness to take control there. Who do you want to be? I want to be a positive force of nature in my life and my families and my friends and my community. You know, I want to have... A fulfilling existence where I, you know, I have person, I have passion, and I'm following what I want to do and inspiring other people to follow their own. Because I just think we all need that voice of support sometimes and, and guidance and I guess compassion and, and all those other elements when we feel like we've been a bit beaten up or that low vibration or a bit overwhelmed with things. And I feel it's really important that we don't overwhelm ourselves with too many things and keep it simple. And, Sometimes you just need that friendly reminder that to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. It's such a powerful message. And I think just as a mums and caregivers and, you know, even community leaders like you, I think we just can't hear that enough, that actually it all starts with us. Big time. And we need to remind ourselves of that because a lot of us are, driven and we're passionate and we want to achieve things and we want to leave a legacy and we want to be the best version of ourselves and the best parent and all these great things which is you know really awesome but if it comes at the the sacrifice of your health it's not worth it when we really are as cliche as it might be we're nothing without our health you can't be the best parent you can't be the most successful entrepreneur if you're paying the price of not taking care of your health at some point and you will so why not make little adjustments to your day to get that balance with taking care of your power and your well-being so you can cruise along with that balance 
and be a bit more self-aware of making better decisions. And that can be the shift in just starting to make bigger, bigger moves with things. You know, I asked you who you want to be and you said you kind of, and I think you're doing an incredible job at being this force of positivity. And like, have you hit any roadblocks along the way? You know, I know for me, like with Motherkind, like I've hit certain roadblocks, like some questions have come in, like challenging that limiting belief of like, who are you? Or, you know, that kind of upper limit, the limiting beliefs I've put on myself and having to work through those and do some deep inner work. And I'm wondering, have you had that experience and what have you uncovered along the way? So just backtracking a little bit, I haven't had it always... I'm not, I say have it easy, but it's more, I haven't always had these tools. I haven't had all this awareness and self-awareness and all this understanding and wisdom. <laughs> I was that guy that spent lots of time in the gym and had this dream of being a professional rugby player till I retired. And then I was a TV pundit and I was living the dream and I had money in the bank and all of these things that I thought were important. And I was neglecting the simple things like nurturing my mental health you know, what is mental health? And I, I got hit quite hard with this because I wasn't prepared when my career ended, when I was still in my prime because of injury and I didn't know where to go. I had no direction and that was my dream and it was over. And I became aware of this feeling of a depressive state and really unhappy and angry and lost and lonely. And it was a really dark and horrible place to be on your own when you couldn't talk to anybody because I was a bloke playing rugby and I had this image and, you know, I didn't want to show my weakness that I was vulnerable and all of these things and, you know, dealing with all these things. So you like, you internalize it. And what I realized was it was causing more torment and I became so toxic with it and so overwhelmed and angry and just this emotional ball of torment that eventually my body shut me down and I got quite ill. And the breakthrough in all of this was talking and sharing this weight and reaching out. And again, it was a friend who was like, you know, something's not quite right here. And, you know, is everything okay? And I was like, I think I broke down. And it was like, actually, no, it's not. I've got this, this, and this. And just in that one conversation, it was like, so good just to like, ah, things aren't that bad. You know, I was making this war inside of my, my head and felt nobody understood, but really people do understand more than ever now. That's, that was 15 years ago when I, when I was experiencing that level of it all. And again, one of the reasons I want to share all this as a coach and in the book was one of the key things we can do is communicate and open up a bit more and be vulnerable and be okay with it as a bloke. And I think one of the biggest things in, in that shift was knowing that it's empowering to share your story. And we all have a story, even if it's a shit story that's quite hard to tell, it's your story. Own it. It's been your journey. What are you doing with your life now? How has that changed you? It's likely to inspire someone else. So be open, be honest, and be true to you doing it for the right reason now. And that's one of the reasons you're trying to be better from all the lessons that you learned growing up or going through those struggles. So it was realizing the obstacles and the challenges that I went through are now my strengths. And then now what I lead with, because it's like I'm owning it and it allows me to help people by being someone they can trust and being someone that they can relate to. And I feel we all have this power 
because we're always going to have a community that will relate with what we're doing. So let that be one of the driving forces that you do what you do by just being you. And hopefully part of that is being a nice person and being understanding and being caring, being considerate, because we need more people like that, especially in the male world where there's guys that are still struggling that don't feel they have anywhere or anyone. And that's definitely a big part of why I wanted to bring this book out there because I knew sharing my story in it and the practices that I feel have given me this second chance will reach people that don't know I exist yet because they've read it and they've seen it without having to ask me or approach anybody. It might hopefully get them to reach out or to do something for themselves because we all have the opportunity to take that second chance. We just have to decide that's what we want to do for the greater good, no matter what you've been through or what you've experienced. And I really believe that in everybody at any age, no matter what you've done, wherever you are, that's possible. It's never the end. Yeah, I believe that to my core as well. Different but similar, right? It's like there's the kind of first act and the second act. And do I want it to be the same or am I going to use all this really hard stuff that's happened Mm. to, you know, help others, which is what I'm trying to do with this platform I think it's so inspiring to I just don't think we can hear it enough I don't think we can hear it enough that we can be the author of our own story we really can and there's so much help and support out there so I always ask the same question at the end of every interview which is if you could give just one gift to all the mothers in the world what would that one gift be and why a hug a big hug I think the key thing there is giving them some space to slow down and breathe and stretch and close their eyes, slow their heart rate, and just know that they're doing a really great job. And I'd follow that up with another hug. I'd like a Richie hug. I feel like you'd be be an amazing hugger. (laughs) I think I take a lot of pride in my hugs. I think it's important to mean it, isn't it? Fake hugs, little shoulder charges. And when people are like, eh, it's a bit awkward, isn't it? I think you've got to really mean it and want to go all in. pass on that nurturing energy that we all have. Mm, beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I've really enjoyed the chat. So that was the episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it. As ever, if you did, please consider sharing it with your friends and leaving me a review on iTunes. It really does make a difference to the number of mums that we can reach with the brilliant wisdom of the guests I have on. Also, just a reminder about the Family Reset Plan. It's my latest offering to parents. I think that we are living in probably the challenge of our lifetimes. Well, definitely so far. And as parents, we not only have to support ourselves, we also have to support our children. And that is a lot. So the Family Reset Plan is myself and two brilliant psychologists And we give you step-by-step, simple, applicable ways that you can support yourself emotionally to feel stronger, calmer, and therefore to support your children in a different way. It's all grounded in psychology and neuroscience. It's just £25 currently. And if you work for the NHS, it is totally free for you. So check out the website, familyresetplan.co.uk. Take care. I'll see you next time.